Hello. Hello, Internet Peeps. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 162. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. Fuck countdowns, I'm Jack. Yeah. We're going to be doing the last movie of the Tarkovsky tree that we did, and we're also going to rank them, which I totally forgot to do, but that's easy for me because I know. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into Stalker, guys, what the hell you been watching, playing, or doing? Um, Zach, go first. Oh. Um, I've been watching some random YouTube stuff. I've started watching, uh, one of my friends leaked me this really long form entire, uh, series review of like Resident Evil, a guy did. And depending on what game or franchise you're talking about, I could watch people have different takes on it or whatever and never get really bored of hearing what they have to say. Why would you waste your time reviewing all the Resident Evil stuff? That sounds like a huge... Imp- like just It seems like you want to throw your life down the drain you just talk about Resident Evil just on the internet, right? No. There's worse things to talk about. I know. There's definitely worse things to talk about. Like Final <laughs> Fantasy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, or Dragon Quest. Who even cares? Anyway, <laughs> all of Japan. Just who cares? Uh, still been playing, plugging away at Persona and Forza, and um, I'm inching ever so closely to actually finishing the vanilla content. I'm like right there. I'm at the end. I figured out the the mystery behind uh. Mentos, as I call it, Mementos. Um, did Andy? Did you finish that game? I don't. I don't remember. Oh yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> I thought you didn't for some reason. No, I beat it. We'll talk. We'll talk about this later. Yeah. But um, that's pretty much all I've been doing, really. That's it. All right, Andy. What about you? I uh, played a ton more Forza, including but not limited to. Uh, all the seasonal events that's pretty much what i'm focusing on now i've done all of them but every week there's um online adventure i don't know what that is i don't know how to do it like i said the online menus for that game blow and i hate them and uh i watched three movies i watched the game the david fincher movie from 1990 it was really good i watched the suicide squad uh, I liked it better than I thought it would. James Gunn makes a good movie. There's just no, there's, there's no other way to, to put it. Just James Gunn is a really good director of that kind of nonsense. Would you think and of I, Cena? Of what? Would you think of Cena? And st- oh, he's really good at it. Like he can like act, kind of. Like it, it, he doesn't have to show a lot of range in that movie. Mm-hmm. But what he does have to do, he does a good job at doing. Like he, he I, I, I had a lot of fun watching him. Yeah, it's pretty much John Cena just being a dick. Yeah, just being a huge asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched uh, Millennium Actress. Uh, it was Satoshi Kon's last movie. Uh, this Thursday, the Criterion Channel is doing a watch-along of that movie with uh, a film historian dude. I don't know. They did some vote about what movie they were going to watch, Millennium Actress 1. And now I kind of regret watching it, but I was thinking I might watch that anyway, just because that way it'll be fresh in my mind and I can like listen to the guy talk about film or whatever. But yeah, I watched those three movies, and they were all good. That's it? But yeah, three movies and a ton of Forza. I play Forza all the time. Yep, I played Forza with these guys. We do it every Friday. I usually stream it on uh, twitch.tv slash joedubs35. 
Um, but I also uh, played some boomer shooters, um, kind of like Doom-like uh, sh- shooting games. Uh, I don't know if you know, I linked it into the Facebook, but um, Realms Deep, they have like a 3D Realms has their own like E3 kind of every year where they do all like boomer shooters or even uh, even some RPG games that were announced on there. Um, but I was mostly interest, interested into, uh, you know, the FPS shooters. So there's one uh, called Cult Tick, where you're fighting, like, these cult people, and there's, like, Nazis in it, and uh, there's there's other cool games that I don't know off the top of my head. Um, Ultra Kill is one of them. Uh, there's a... There was, like, two World War II... World War II uh, games, where it's kind of like... Do you remember old school, like, Fallout, or maybe, like, SWAT 2, on, like, how it's, like, point and click kind of thing, but the, but it has, like, an overhead view of yeah. the map? Uh, there was two World... world I can't speak today. World War II games that I don't know the title of, which I will probably put in the description, uh, where, you know, you're fighting Nazis, or you're fighting, like, demon Nazis and stuff. Uh yeah. Realms Deep had a lot of games where they wanted to show you that you could flush a toilet. <laughs> Me and my friend uh, counted seven toilets during that press conference, which, by the way, was a hefty four hours of nonstop games. Jesus Christ. Um, Romero showed up uh, during Realms Deep. Uh, apparently, Realms Deep Saber... Uh, Saber, two, Saber Games or something like that, and... Uh, what's the other company? I think it's either Slipgate or Splitgate. Uh, they all joined together, and they're going to be doing games together. Um, so I heard that's a good thing, uh, but also heard it's a bad thing because apparently uh, id Software people said that there was a snake inside their uh, company, which killed the company, and they believe it was like Tim something. Uh, there was rumors going around, but it, I, I recommend checking out Realms Deep on uh, Steam, all their uh, stuff that were on sale. Uh, what else did I play? I played Severed Steel, um, which kind of looked uh, played like Fear uh, and kind of Matrixy with bullet time, uh, slow, slow, slow time and sliding and shit and jumping off walls. It was fun. It was a demo. There were both demos, but uh, I will be buying these games. They're like fifteen or twenty dollars, so and that's that's a price range I think I could get away with and have quality over the bullshit that happens in today's AAA gaming world. You don't want to pay sixty dollars on a game that you don't even get to play for six months. <laughs> yeah, fuck that shit. I, I want. I, I was telling for my seventy seventy dollars now actually only Sony. Or you could just pay to be a beta tester. Or EA. You can just pay them to test their game for them. Yeah. Uh, EA, is, right now, I believe EA and Activision are the only two AAA companies that are pushing the, the $70 thing. Um, mm-hmm. Xbox is going to keep their games at $60 first party. Or, by the way, if you get Game Pass, it's going to be on there day one. I've noticed Sega is keeping the $60 price tag, too, so far. Yes. But... uh but other than that, I mean, I don't. Oh, I watch only plays the videos that you recommended. Oh yeah, 
but good. But that's about it. <laughs> I watched a bunch of them too. They 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 started playing Worms again, and they put some of those videos up. But I watched them, and they were funny. Uh, <laughs> all right, so it's time to talk to about some Stalker. Um, this movie. I want. I'm gonna say right out of the bat, probably the best movie out of the three. Um, it Tarkovsky has a way of how he does things with movies. Uh, I was actually after I watched this movie, I went to like reviews, and you could tell the normies between the you know the people that actually like movies and stuff. Like mm. some people go like, oh, you see the themes, you see why he did it this way. I you know saw it in school. Or I studied uh, movies. And then you see the people who like fucking Michael Bay and be like, it's so boring. Why did they have like fucking seven minutes of just looking at grass? And I'm just like, he's he's tr he's trying to like portray this journey that these three guys are going on. Uh, which, by the way, I do like that it there's like no names. It's Stalker. It's Professor. It's writer. Uh, I don't even think the wife has a name. It's just my wife. This is my wife. Yeah. But uh, I here here's what I think the story is, in my view, is I think Stalker is some type of journey of maybe religion, in a way, to find hope and to find happiness and the zone that they keep on going to is i guess maybe some type of i don't, I don't want to say heaven but i want to see like what they ask for like they're kind of like going to a person of higher power and be like i want this and that person delivers it um but i may be wrong what do you guys have to say about this? Well, it's kind of unfair because I know that in his diary, Tarkovsky talked about how this movie is supposed to be a commentary on trying to be a creator under a oppressive government, a government that controls media or, or censors people and like trying to be a writer or in this case, a filmmaker and trying to get that through that, that's that's some of the major themes of the movie and then of course also there's the overt theme of um your conscious desires versus your subconscious desires mm -hmm. zach what about you <clears throat> um i sort of think this movie's about um uh that sucks. I just lost my train of thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, I was, what was I trying to think? Uh, I mean, just in case anyone wants to listen to this and not watch the movie, which first of all, what the fuck's your problem? I, I understand it's three hours, but just to give Zach time to gather his thoughts on the face of it, the plot of this movie is there are these guys called stalkers and they're basically guides. They take people into the zone which is this off-limits area that's surrounded by a military uh, um, uh, barbed wire and, and machine gun nests and stuff. Yeah. And no one's allowed in there. And at the center of the zone, there's a place called The Room. And if you go to The Room, your deepest desire will be fulfilled. 
supposedly. It kind of it kind of has like an imagery of like communist, but right? Like the government. Uh, uh, yeah, the government. Yeah, I, uh, I get that impression. The movie, I because I, I used to think, oh, this is just Russia. It's not supposed to be Russia, apparently. I, I think we just see it that way because, you know, they're speaking Russian and everyone's using Russian shit. But um, it's supposed to be an unnamed country in the future. Yeah. They, don't do, they don't do a good job portraying the future part because everything just looks sh- shitty and old. Everything just looks out of the 70s. Yeah. yeah just I mean, they, they drive around like a, a, a Land Rover Mark One, and and there's a there's some other vehicles in it that are all like indicative of the seventies. It's like you're not really selling the future thing here, are you guys? No, and I did get my train back. Um, okay, I was gonna say that uh, going off what Dub said about them trying to find happiness or whatever, or whatever really people really desire and stuff. People thinking like, oh, I need to do this so I can find happiness and make my life better, and how in some sense like modern society or intellectualism seems to just want to break that process down of finding whatever your happiness is seems to make people uh um what's the word just i don't know it's like they just they want to just nitpick everything they want to be real dour about stuff and that's what like the professor and the writer argue peck at each other all the time and try to i don't know disprove one another stuff and it's yeah that's kind of some of what i got out of this movie they have a lot of good dialogue back and forth because he like calls him something he's like was that was that your best insult for me yeah. or something like that he just calls him a hack fraud essentially in like a really elaborate way yeah <laughs> mm. there's a lot of like navel gazy philosophizing in this movie and for some people, it might be a little heavy-handed, but it's kind of part of the movie. Like, uh, like Dubs was saying, there's a lot of, well, why does he just do this for, like, seven? I, I think the when he lays down to when they're resting, and he, like, falls asleep with his hand in the stream, and the camera just, like, looks at shit in the water. You see, like, an old rusted gun and a newspaper and fish in a bowl and a mirror. The mirror is, like, a real famous thing. That, that shot takes, like, seven or eight minutes. And personally, I'm invested the whole time. It's interesting, and I'm thinking about stuff the whole time. But if you have been brought up solely watching what's popular in theaters for the last 30 or so years in the United States, I could understand why you would be confused. And like, what the fuck's going on? This movie isn't telling me how to feel right now. It, and, I, I think you're supposed to do that on your own um, as far as trying to find feelings. And... It, like how I felt about it uh, when it comes to a religious stance might not come from a person who's not religious at all, uh, where they they could go based off of what Zach is saying. And also there's other, you know, theories. And when I'm when I mean theories, I'm not saying this is what Tarkovsky was, you know, putting in this scene. But like, you know, the government's blocking this zone, right? Uh, there's traps to get to the zone so you know the 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 zone itself could be freedom and you know how to make your own wealth kind of like capitalism and everything and that's what people desire is to have that freedom and well and wealth 
to make on their own, but they can't because the government's always holding it. I mean, that's stretching things a little bit, but, you know, that could be a possibility that... Because you look at... And I want to bring this up as well. The colors of the the scenes. Every time they're out of the zone, it's very dark and dreary. Like, oh, I'm in this, like, life and I'm getting by the day. Like, even when he wakes up to go do his stalker work, he's like, oh, I'm waking up in this house with this wife and this kid. And, like, he's not being, like, mean, but, like, sometimes people just wake up and just are autopilot. And that's how they see life itself. But like when he's in the zone, everything is colorful. Everything is what he wants. He That's where his happiness is. And he does say that when he's prying and shit, uh, mm -hmm. when he's getting knocked around by the professor and writer. So I don't know. I, I, I think, I, I, I think, you know, it, it could be that, but it could be, uh, whatever you want it to be. Um, the first thing you said, you you kind of touched on religion, and then you like backed off. This movie plays with themes of religion all the time. They straight up quote scripture in it. Mm -hmm. I think they quote. Um, uh, showing my ignorance here, they quote uh, um, the the final book in the Bible, the one that talks about the end of days. The books Revelation. of Revelation. Revelation. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me? Um, hey, but uh, the they they quote they quote revelations and there's some other stuff that's that's clearly supposed to be biblical so i mean yeah there's definitely something there about religion and he talks at the end of the movie about how they've lost their faith mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily a faith in god it's a faith in um the willingness to have hope or something like that was was tarkovsky religious any I don't know the answer to that question. I I know a, I know somewhat about the guy, but not everything. Because I've done some reading about him, and I notice he seems to always want to put religious stuff in his movies. I think one he, of his big first movies was just straight up about religion, Andre Leblay. Yeah, um, and he uh, that was one of the uh, things he had to fight with uh, the soviet film committee about all the time was like the religious stuff because they were super anti-religious right and uh just made me wonder if in the last movie he tried to make there had a lot to do with it there was like some big religious stuff in it um and uh Gruschino, i think that's that's the name of the the shortened version of that film committee's name they just came in because they, he gave him a fake script to, to show that no there's no religious stuff in this and they basically just came rolled on the set hey what's up what's this you lied to us he got so pissed he just destroyed the script and destroyed everything in the film and just left mm -hmm. so it must it must be important to him i don't know <laughs> well what i like about this film is and what he does because a lot of a lot of uh, when it comes to and when I say normie, I, I mean like casual moviegoers. Like they always want everything explained to them. They want tons of exposition to explain why, you know, this is happening. Tar Tarkovsky just doesn't give a fuck. Like he'll he'll just put that in there and just leave it at it, as it is and make you think. Uh, for example, I love the whole what is actually the zone. You never find out what the zone is all about. 
why why is the daughter crippled and why she ha why she can when why can she move objects with her mind you don't it's, it, it's kind it's, of implied that there's a lot of radiation in the zone and it has probably affected him so that's why stalkers children are so often what do they call it zone touched or whatever mm -hmm. they called her a mutant straight yeah, up they straight up call her a mutant too but um this uh the whole idea of the zone it kind of it makes you think about two things from russian history right the, yeah i was gonna give you guys a chance to jump in and say what they were uh chernobyl duh tanguska well, less duh yeah well, chernobyl was like that was before the fact when stalker came out but yeah uh yeah tanguska that's a that's a whole other one the meteor, I think, made me think of that immediately. Right. The meteor may, puts you in mind of Tunguska, but, like, the effects of the zone puts you in mind more of... And, and, and just the general urban decay kind of puts me in mind of Chernobyl. Supposedly, like, the people that guard the Chernobyl site, they were calling themselves stalkers. They called themselves stalkers for a while, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 I guess it's important... We'll just go ahead and double back a little bit. Stalker is based on a book, Roadside Picnic. And it deviates from the book kind of a lot, but at the same time, it kind of takes a lot of the same premise. In the book, the zone is just straight up the the um, the consequence of, of extraterrestrial meddling. Something happened, and now there's a bunch of alien technology in the zone, and stalkers make their living going into the zone, pilfering alien stuff, and then selling it on the black market. And also acting as guides, taking people in to do stuff, and there's still like a, a room kind of idea. I haven't read the whole book, so I'm not an expert on this, but they, they do deviate quite a lot, and there's, of course a lot more happens in the book, as, as always happens. The book serves as the inspiration for the movie and the book also serves as the inspiration for the video game stalker if anyone's curious about the weird connection there well what's weird about like because you mentioned about alien stuff like when he's trying to like maneuver around that dude on the motorcycle i don't know what it is I don't know if it was the sounds that tarkovsky used he used it like it was very alien like and that that person on the motorcycle was like, I don't know, uh, a human that's kind of like lizard people, uh, little, <laughs> little people. Uh, yeah, the soundtrack there is using like it sounds kind of like uh, like ice on a huge lake or um, like really extra long guitar strings or I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like it has that weird um, 70s sci-fi sound, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like when when they're moving by the way <laughs> every soldier or whatever person like sometimes they didn't hear that that vehicle like get started and move away like i there's like nobody in the alleys and they just kind of ignore well, it, it was the future it was an electric land rover okay yeah okay <laughs> Shit. um i did it, what, that being said, as stupid as that is, like, how are they not seeing this Jeep? Because the, the, the name of that chapter in that 
uh, in the Criterion is the Jeep. And the because you know, it's clearly not a Jeep. It's clearly a Land Rover. But anyway, that doesn't matter. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is him busting the men through the military blockade. I love that part. It's so fun and so exciting. And that's one of the few parts in the movie that I, th- I think is traditionally entertaining. Like, I think even if all you do is go to the theaters to see the Marvel movies and the fucking Transformers movies, I think you'd get something out of that part at least. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. The the whole like getting to the the uh, the zone was pretty interesting. It kept me wondering where they're going. Like that's why like I felt like I was part of the the three man group because you're just like, why is he, why is he telling them to go forward and you know why d- does he get freaked out in the sand room? Which by the way, that shot of the sand room, fucking amazing. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed. Obviously, our our audio listeners won't won't be able to see this they chose it as the cover for the novelization of roadside picnic yeah and because it's such a cool shot and the pipe and stuff uh and the meat grinder yeah they they kind of like talked about like other people like was porcupine like his brother his mentor his mentor <laughs> porcupine had a brother mm. who died and uh you know, they, they tell you that you have to be careful or you get dice or whatever, or you die or whatever because of the traps. My other question to you guys is, what was that thing that jumped out of the sand? There was like a scene where something looked like it jumped out of the sand a little bit, or it did like a slow-mo. I don't know if you guys caught that. I, I did not. Because uh, it was weird because it just looked like a string. It kind of looked like a, a worm that just like flung out of the fucking uh, the sand. I was like, wait, is that? Because in my back of my mind, I was like, this is kind of sci-fi to me when I'm watching this, which it, it is it's classified. It's classified as a sci-fi movie. For sure. And the whole time I was waiting for like whatever to show up uh, in that room or whatever's going to be in the trap. So like when I saw that scene... I was like, is, is that just sand being flinged around, maybe? Maybe that was just sand that just clumped up or whatever. But I don't know. I, I, I thought it was an alien, but it wasn't. Um, another weird thing is, did that phone ring by itself? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't plugged in. It's supposed to be some weird, creepy, spooky shit. <laughs> and then the professor calls and does that weird conversation. That fucking gloats. Yeah. Like, that that part is so cool because you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Because he just calls him. He's like, yeah, I found it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Well, I guess fuck you. You 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 fucked my wife. So go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and that I'm whole paraphrasing. Yeah, that whole scene was weird too because. During the journey, like the professor was hanging around with the stalker, right? And then the writer was the one that was going ahead, be like, "What are you guys doing? What the fuck? I'm just gonna let's go. go. Uh, let's go." Right then he takes out a gun and he says, "You don't need a gun. Put that gun away." Remember the tanks. Yeah, and then you know he puts the gun away, and then they get to the room, and now the professor wants to blow up the room because he doesn't. Am, am I saying this right? That he doesn't want other people having this power, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That that was his whole plan. He brought a what do you say, like a four kiloton device, twenty kiloton bomb, twenty kiloton bomb that he built with his friends. Oh, how nice! <laughs> and uh, he's he smuggled all the bits in. They're all in his pockets. And he puts the bomb together, and he doesn't want a bunch of a bunch of would be 
uh, what's he say? Like kings, czars, and fuhrers coming here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like all oh, my greatest desires to rule. He he pretty much says evil people. Evil people, yeah, and yeah. like you kind of get what he's saying, but at the same time, you kind of get what the stalker's saying. Like you know, this is taking away hope. The fact that this room exists somewhere or whatever, and, and that's that's kind of the crux of the whole philosophical side of the movie is whether or not the room should exist and uh you know what it provides for people and uh i i guess i don't want to just like you know blurt out the whole thing again watch this movie please but uh the they get there and he's been talking a little bit about his, about his mentor porcupine he's called i'm sure in russian it doesn't sound as stupid as it does in english and uh the guy one day came back from the zone and became mysteriously super rich, you know, implying, you know, he went into the room and it was his, it was his dream to become rich, you know, to be well off. But then he hangs himself like less than a week later. And it's like a mystery, but then he's talking about the meat grinder. He says the thing killed porcupine's brother. And, you know, you as the viewer kind of put it together before they start discussing it in the movie. Like it kind of lets you sit with the realization that what happened was his brother died and he was heartbroken. So he went to the room so that he could, he could think, I want my brother back. You know, my brother's dead. I wish my brother was alive. And then when he got home, he became rich, which showed that in his, in his heart of hearts in his subconscious, he didn't want his brother back. He just wanted to be rich and when he realized that, it destroyed him, and he hung himself. Mm-hmm. And that's why, the, oh, the room is evil. We we can't use it. And like the writer's like, I don't think I'm going to use it. And the professor's like, I'm going to destroy it. Yeah, because you know the the monologues in this movie are great, and mm-hmm. with every character, even even the wife at the end. Um, but the 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 writer because he wants inspiration for his work. And he, he, he gets into this, like, pessimistic or negative view. He's like, well, you know, if I don't make it, then, you know, I'm replaceable. You know, another writer will come and maybe be great, greater than I or something like that. I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing as well. But um, I thought I, I thought that was great. But, like, again, you know, Stalker, uh, which also has his own motive as well, of, you know, going in that room because... I guess we can get into that if we wanted to, but for the writer, like both of them are non-believers and stalker is a believer of this, this zone. Um, and the professor sees it as an unknown weapon, I think. And the writer just, I, I think he just, he feeds off of what the professor's saying and what he thinks of a negative view of a stalker is. And he's just like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's kind of like cooties or whatever. Cooties. I don't. I don't want to be, you know, in the zone. Because he talks to that lady right in the beginning, which he leaves his hat on the vehicle and she runs away with it. She drives off and yeah. it's on top of the car. That always gives me a laugh. Like they, it seems like everybody knows about the zone, like because she's like, oh, here comes a stalker, and you know, you're going to the zone. And he's like, he's kind of like drunk. He's like, yeah, I guess so. I want to see what's there. This woman's gonna come with us to the zone, and the stalker's like, "Get lost!" Yeah, <laughs> she gets pissed off and leaves. Mm-hmm. But uh, the stalker—do you think 
he wants to go to the zone so that he could make his family happy. Is is that is that what his desire is? Talks about it a little bit. He talks about oh, he wants his family to be well off and happy, and he should just move them to the zone, and they'd be alone and and safe forever. But of course, that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. I also thought that was weird him to say that a little bit. Like I get. He I, likes the zone. Like his family might not, but he he feels he feels safe and in control in the zone. Ironically, a place where stuff changes all the time and it's perilous and dangerous. Like we've kind of undersold it. Uh, the zone is like a dangerous place. Traps move locations. There's one part in the movie where they think they're leaving behind the professor, and they do a bunch of like weird stuff they're moving through water uh the dry cave i think he calls it it's actually oh sometimes you have to swim through here it's a joke and then they end up coming out of a doorway where the professor's sitting eating a sandwich <laughs> like the, the zone like tricked them and they went back to a different area and kind of reminds me of cube if you ever watched the cube movies when they're like trying to go from cube, uh, room to room uh that that maybe that's where they got inspiration i i should look that up i should research that um but yeah like the zone uh, and what's what's weird for me now after stalker is like crying and says that he likes the room because of hope and everything is that what stops the professor from blowing it up because he like dismantles the bomb and throws it everywhere i think so at least partially and what was that black gook in that you know that was going in the water and like <laughs> i guess that fish is dead now because I, I don't know. It's just something. Bomb components. They were trying to make it a cool shot, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. My mind was going, is like, is the, you know, the water getting, you know, uh, contaminated by whatever just happened in this room right now with the non-believers in a way? Um, by the way, how great is that whole sequence where they sit back to back for several minutes and then it rains and then it doesn't? I love that part. It's one of my favorite parts. Tarkovsky loves rain, by the way. He really does. He really loves rain. <laughs> um, scenes like that and uh, a lot of other similar scenes, like the mirror in the creek when they're when they're taking a nap. Um, Tarkovsky, it's not so much that he's... Like, I, I made the reference earlier. Oh, this movie's not telling me how to feel because you're used to when you watch an American movie, there's like a soundtrack and there's a lot of stuff going on. And have you guys ever seen uh, someone will change the soundtrack and it changes the mood of a, mu of a movie? Yeah. Like mm. something's funny and then they change the soundtrack and it's like suddenly creepy or something like that. There's, there's a lots and lots of those kind of tricks in American movie making. But in... Tarkovsky's method there's none of that shit it's just you're in the scene you're with the characters and it lets you work things out on your own like you're with the characters and you're thinking whether it be about philosophy or about nature or about dreams or whatever you're thinking about that's what you're getting out of that scene and when we talked about the mirror we all three had slightly differing interpretations of big parts of that movie and i think that that is this is that in microcosm i think there's a lot of scenes where you watch he falls asleep his hands in the creek and then you see all this stuff in the water and then you see him wake back up i think each person watches that and they come away with it come away from it with something different whereas 
if you watch uh, again, I, I, I'm trying to get away from this thing where I look down on you know cape shit Hollywood movies. They're they're fine. They're entertaining. I like them too. But if you watch The Suicide Squad, there's no scene in that movie that is ambiguous. Everyone's coming away from with the same thing in that movie. Oh yeah, and and when I kind of talk shit about it. Like when I say normie or casual, because people just want to go to the movies, have fun, and that's fine if you want to do that and yeah. everything to be explained to you. That's fine. If that's uh, what you want, then it's it's definitely there. But some people want to reflect, to to look at art. And, you know, there's, there's movies for those people, too. Yeah. In a way, it's kind of like Tarkovsky's, like, like an indie band or an indie you know, something uh, compared to, you know, the mass majority of what he does things. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, there's different, different things. Like not every, if I get home from work after a long day, and I'm tired and someone's like, Hey, let's watch a movie. Do you want to watch Workmeister harmonies? Or do you want to watch cannonball run? I'm going to watch cannonball run every fucking time. Does that <laughs> mean cannonball run is a better movie than Workmeister harmonies? Almost definitely not. Yeah. But, you know, it's 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 that kind of thing. Like, I don't I in the past on this specific show, I've been I've been pretty down on Western filmmaking just because I think I'm I'm so much smarter than everyone. I'm not. That's not that's not what I'm trying to say. It's just it's just this is the perfect example of that other that other movie making thought. And I, that, that and, and these scenes where nothing happens, that's that's one of the best examples, I think. Yeah. Would you. Do you think the daughter at the end uh, will be drafted into Professor Xavier's school for gifted children? Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> my my thing is like, because you I, you could tell it kind of with facial expressions, but but was she sad in any way that she ha so. has his powers? She looks melancholy to me. She reads that poem, and I think it's about love i don't know russian the, all, all of tarkovsky's <laughs> movies have like fucking poetry and i guess his father was a poet i found out recently yeah. so poetry always meant a lot to him and i want to say oh it's so great oh it's so moody and cool but every once in a while during the poetry parts i'm a little like mm, this, this is this is more verbose than it needs to be we can cut this down a little bit well yeah because she she reads that poem and then she like moves the glasses until the, the one falls off and then that's when you get that uh forgive me on my classical music but was that ode to something ode to ode to joy ode to joy yeah and um you know that was going off and the train tracks were like melted with that song uh, what's the deal with when every time a train goes by it's blasting classical music is that a thing that i'm un unaware of or is that just some kooky future soviet shit i don't know i i have no idea i i just kept on thinking like because i when i think of sci-fi i think like an event is gonna happen or something's about to emerge uh and when waiting i waiting for the alien mothership to turn up not even that it's just her she's doing this powers and you think like maybe she's gonna i don't know go off and hate society or whatever because she's, she's gonna carry the place up a bit <laughs> don't come to school tomorrow i don't know <laughs> <laughs> don't go to the zone tomorrow <laughs> i like you don't go to the zone tomorrow <laughs> 
But like, that's what I kept on thinking, and it that's where it ends. Uh, and I just want to touch up on like, you know, <laughs> when the stock. Why does that happen? Can we discuss that? What? I've thought about this a lot. I love this movie. I think it's a masterpiece. But what the fuck is up with that ending? What is it trying to tell me? What does it mean? What themes does it sync up with? Is it hope? Is it supposed to be like, oh, her legs don't work, but she can move shit with her brain? Like, what's that got to do with the rest of the It's so bizarre because the rest of the movie has had such a light touch when it comes to showing you its sci-fi nonsense. Because in the zone, there's always the threat of danger, but they don't straight up show you the danger that often. It's always like, oh, these tanks came here and then something happened to them. Oh, we thought we were going down this path, but then we didn't. Oh, this this tunnel is menacing and dangerous. Oh, but nothing actually happened. Good thing you left that gun behind. There's always like just the illusion of some sci-fi nonsense. And then at the end of the movie, they're just like straight up X-Men. Like, why? <laughs> that- I, need you guys, I need you guys to, to, to explain this one to me because I... I've always kind of been a little lost with that ending. Zach, you go first. What do you think? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I don't fucking have any idea. I I got a negative reaction out of that ending. And I'm not saying negative like, oh, I hate it. It's I, I think it ended on a negative note um, because he went through that zone, had that interaction with those two people. And then when he got out of the zone, which, by the way, that transition of... You know the the black gook in the uh, the water, and then like they're back in the bar, the pub. Um, that was kind of weird to me. It's kind of like they like transported it, it trans like they transported uh, back to you know where they started. What did they discuss on the way back? Like after this huge fight and and argument, and like the guy's gonna blow it up, and then he decides not to, and then they sit there in silence. Like, did they just make their way back in silence? And well, <laughs> and at one point where they're like, well, I guess the zone dog just belongs to us now. Yeah, I was going to say, by the way, what's up with the dog? The dog. There's a zone dog. I call it a zone dog. It, it was in the zone, then it just left. The zone hound. Maybe, I mean, I noticed there was animals. There was birds, fish. Birds, Maybe it yeah, doesn't lots affect of bugs. them. Because animals just act on instinct. They don't really, you know, have desires, I guess, necessarily. This is just me being an idiot, but I always got a weird thought that, like, the dog is, it symbolizes or is porcupine or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, either that or the dog is somehow going to make the family whole again. Um, That could be a possibility. I I thought the dog, I I thought the dog was out of left field um, because. I like the dog. Oh, I like the dog, but I but I think it came out of left field. Like, why is this dog here? Uh, even the wife is like, "Who do you guys want a dog?" And the dog just still comes anyway. The dog's just like, "I'm coming with you." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I like the dog. My but, dog didn't like the dog, but I like the <laughs> <Every> dog. <laughs> but to explain like the the negative ending, it's like he comes out of that, you know, that fight. And then he goes home and he kind of complains to his wife. He's like, "You should have saw the eyes. There was it was blank. Uh, you know, they 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 don't know what that zone does." And she's kind of like, "I'll go to the zone with you." And he kind of like brushes her off a little, like, "No, <laughs> no, I'm not taking you to the zone." 
And then that's when we get that dialogue where she's kind of like, you know, my mom kind of hated stalkers and hated him and everything, but I still stuck with him because I love him in a sense. He, she didn't say that outright, but she, you know, said I stuck with him through the thick and thin and that's how our lives are and that's how it's going to be. Um, then it goes to, you know, the daughter and then she's looking depressed and maybe there's some type of evil in it and then she moves the the cups and then it ends there and the only thing i could think of is life goes on whether you're happy and you get your desires uh or you don't get your desires and you just take what your hand is dealt with and just keep on moving and that's what i got out of it is that Life doesn't care what you feel. You just got to take what you get, <laughs> got to take what you got and keep on going. I think you were kind of right earlier when you said it was kind of about faith. Um, mm. Again, not necessarily in God, but faith in the human condition or mankind or something like that. He's uh, he's whining to his wife and he says, you know, he's he's lost He's, it sounds like he's lost faith in people because he's upset that they were looking at things in this weird analytical way. It's just this cynical writer and just this, uh, uh, you know, by the numbers jerk off professor. And um, he's disillusioned with them. But I think part of that is he has now become disillusioned with the zone because of the implication that it can destroy people by revealing to them what they actually want like you think you want something righteous like i want my family to be healthy and whole and then he would go into the zone and he would actually just get rich or something well and i think i think that thought terrifies him so now the zone which by the way you'll remember is he he holds up as the speaking of hope for mankind oh the zone represents hope for people now that the zone doesn't represent that anymore people as a whole are diminished in his eyes like i kind of think that's that's what's happening throughout mm. the third act is he he realizes the zone's bad people are bad what is there to be happy about but then the movie at the end through the wife's monologue kind of reminds us there's there's plenty to be happy about he's got a wife that loves him he's got a child He's got a zone dog. Things are mm. going to be okay, maybe. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I guess that has a good hope message. But then, like, it does the daughter. Then the thing with the daughter. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't That doesn't, that's where my theory kind of kind of stumbles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Zach, I, you're not saying a lot. He doesn't Honestly, know. that's <laughs> just because, uh, I'm still not really sure what I think about this movie. Hates and it. I mean that just because I don't think it really connected with me. <laughs> I It's probably the one I like the least out of all these three. Oh, sure. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I get everything it was trying to do and whatnot, but I just felt, felt like it. Um, I had some expectations, but they weren't anything grand. Like I wasn't expecting like crazy sci-fi shit. Really. I, I try to keep my expectations tampered or down before i watch something 
just because I don't know. I don't know what this movie's really about. I never went to read about it or anything, and I wasn't thinking about the stupid video games or any of that stuff. And, like, I went into it, and, like, I don't I don't know. It just didn't really do it for me. Real quick, um, I think I think what – I think talking about what Zach thinks about this movie is way more important. But uh, you said you weren't thinking about the video games, soccer video games. Who gives a fuck? Um Kojima, admitted fan of Tarkovsky, he's talked about him on several occasions. Did this movie influence Death Stranding? Say yes, because the answer is yes. Yes, I could definitely see it. I, I guess, thought yeah, when I was playing that. Death Stranding, I thought about Stalker constantly. I can see that now. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, I didn't really think about it at all when I was watching this movie. I did it the other way around, obviously, because I saw Stalker a few years ago and then when i played death stranding i was like i don't know a single other human being who has both seen stalker and played death stranding this is driving me crazy and now i finally can talk to you guys later about it but hold that thought real quick because we'll be right back um i have we'll take to... a commercial break we're gonna hear from fucking mattress company or manscaped or i don't know manscaped i'm gonna put a really hot girl Great, up shadow legends <laughs> be right back And we are back. And what a cliffhanger. Yeah, what a cliffhanger. Not, not, not as bad as last episode. We were just like, uh, oh, God. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're we're just getting like, right back into it. It was just like you guys talked about this movie the whole time. It practically just, I don't know, lavished it with praise. And I'm just like, I don't really care for this movie that much. Oh, but bye. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> well, well it's it's not that I dislike it. I don't really dislike it. I just kind of, I'm just kind of ambivalent about it, really. I think you should watch it again one day. I think that I think you're gonna realize a lot because the first time I watched this movie, I remember thinking, "Oh man, this isn't everything it was built up to be." When this movie got a Blu-ray release from Criterion, it was like a big honking deal, and the the Criterion subreddit wouldn't shut the fuck up about it and it came out right before one of their big 50 percent off sales and everyone was buying it and i thought you know what i like sci-fi movies i like so union bullshit i'm gonna watch it because it was on the criterion channel at the time and i watched it with a friend and i came away from it thinking there was some stuff in there i liked but overall it was just okay and then later I tried to watch it again and I didn't finish it this time, but this on the second viewing, I got up to um, when he's, when he starts to, to go off, writer starts to go off on his own and someone says, no, go back. And they never figure out who said it. I got yeah. up to that part and like that time it was landing and I was like, I'm going to have to watch this movie again, but it's it's fucking 161 minutes like this is a long honking movie mm-hmm. so i kept getting scared off of like fully committing to watching it again and then luckily we watched it i finally got to watch it again and this time like oh this movie is really good obviously at some point i bought it because i have a problem and that problem is criterion blu-ray membership. <laughs> but i watched it now after having watched some of his other stuff and i still really recommend you guys watch ivan's childhood because it's not, it's not stupid. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll elaborate. Uh, Solaris is about this weird uh, sci-fi planet 
that creates exact duplicates of of people in your dreams. Um, the mirror is about the your childhood self reflecting on your present day self, and it's a, a non-linear narrative, and it's weird and confusing. Stalker is about this this genie room in this Chernobyl zone where uh, stalkers take people to make wishes. It's not weird bullshit. It's it really is just about a kid who wants to help the Soviet army in the Second World War, and he wants to help them like spy on the Germans and a bunch of other stuff. And about he probably shouldn't be doing this stuff, but they kind of like go along with it because he's actually helping them. And it it really is just a drama. It's just a good movie, and it takes place during the Second World War, so it's interesting in that way. And I really think it helps it helps you get more in the mindset to appreciate the other stuff. And obviously you guys liked the other movies well enough, you know, two or three of them, but everyone listening to this, including you two, you should watch Ivan's childhood because it has a lot of his tricks and stuff in it, but it's not turned up to 11 yet. Dark. I'll, I'll watch all his movies. It's because it was two out of three for me. That mm-hmm. was like, it hit. And I was like, yeah. Is After it- this, I have put, uh, Andre Rublave, it's the only other Blu-ray that Criterion has released of his on my wish list. I plan on getting it in November during the next half off sale. But he has other movies, including two more that are supposed to be his other two masterpieces. Nostalgia and um, oh, the one where the house burns down. God damn it, what's that movie called? It's the last one he did, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, sacrifice. The Sacrifice. Yeah. The Sacrifice and Nostalgia are both also supposed to be really good and all i know about them is in the sacrifice a house burns down and in nostalgia a guy lights a candle and walks across an empty swimming pool trying to not trying to keep it lit for like seven minutes nine minutes i counted nine minutes (laughs) (laughs) okay that's all i know about them but i'm told they're good so and that usually works out for me i mean there's been a few a few critically lauded movies that i've seen i've gotten this isn't for me but i I like tarkovsky well the reason why i I said i I knew it was nine minutes is because one i looked it up two um i saw a video on youtube by i don't know if you ever heard of video essays before is when people have essays and then they kind of read it out and they have some type of visuals on YouTube. But this guy was talking about like Tarkovsky, the pandemic and time. Because when, oh. when we were all quarantined, Tarkovsky takes time and he just throws time out the fucking window with his films because, and he shows that scene of the nine minutes. That was one of my complaints with Solaris. What the time? Yeah, the time. Like, I, I got confused about the passage of time, but I think maybe he's doing that to me on purpose. Yeah, because he, uh, the the person in the video essay, he's like, you're, what you're seeing right now is nostalgia um, and a guy lighting a candle, you know, pretty much explaining the same scene. He's like, how many times did the candle go out? And the candle goes out twice. Uh, but the whole scene takes about nine minutes. Uh, and it's just like, to us days are longer than years the years are shorter and the days are longer uh pretty much that's kind of how tarkovsky's time goes where you're just like you're you're in this one scene that feels like a year but then like it speeds up and then 
they're like years in the future and you're just like what the fuck is going on so i saw it uh there's a browse held high video that starts with him talking about that scene as well mm -hmm. so uh yeah i'm i guess we recommend it but it seems like zach um less recommended than than, than both of us i can't personally recommend it but i would say like because it's it's held up so like going back to like my expectations of what this movie were all i was heard all i ever heard was it's really good it's really good it's really good i didn't get stuck on the sci-fi thing or anything like that i didn't expect you know aliens crazy necessarily crazy shit or anything uh it's uh it just didn't really hit for me uh so i'll say if you're curious and you want to see it go ahead but i cannot personally recommend it well i do recommend it but Maybe you don't make it your first Tarkovsky movie. Maybe not. Yeah, I recommend it. Uh, so I guess we're going to go into ranking. Um, so I'm going to go first on my personal ranking. I'll go from bottom to top. So number three, The Mirror. Number two, Solaris. Number one, Stalker. Mine's and pretty much the same, yeah. Okay. And Zach, what about you? <laughs> it's a Stalker, Mirror, Solaris. Wait, so, so Solaris is last or first? No, Stalker's last. Oh, so Stalker's last, the mirror's in the middle, and then... Solaris is first. I mean, it sounds like what makes the most sense is... Um, well, it would have to go... Well, well the, the final ranking, I mean, since me and you, Andy, are similar, Zach has to fight why Stalker should be number three. I'm not going to fight that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know because I, I admit I'm like the weird odd man out on this. And I'm just like, hey, and, and again, it's like, I don't, it's not, I don't necessarily dislike this movie. All right. Um, so, so let me put it this way. You don't have to fight it, but I want to hear why you think the mirror is better than stalker. For and, one thing, uh, there's, uh, it has a lot more brevity to it than stalker does. And it still does this meandering. What the hell's going on? I don't know. Bullshit. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think it does it even more than stalker does, mm -hmm. but it's more, it's a more concise film. <laughs> Cause I, I was sitting there thinking like, while I was watching stalker, uh, like, man, I think they should have probably took half an hour out of this. I think maybe, <laughs> but, yeah, and I might I might have liked it a little bit better if that were the case. Well, if um, there was a cut of Stalker that um, got rid of uh, him waking up, uh, his wife becoming hysterical that he's going to stalk, and then also cut out um, some of the poetry. I I'm uh, I don't dare second guess Andre Tarkovsky. He's super famous filmmaker, and he's made several masterpieces, and I've only made uh, shit. <laughs> but I'd love a cut of this movie that ended with them all setting back to back and it raining in that building. Oh, yeah, that would have been a better ending. In, in if it would have for sure. cut from that to the end in Russian, oh, man, that would, that would have hit just right. I would have you liked hear, that a lot. You hear train tracks, you hear a train clacking, you hear Ode to Joy. Oof. Yeah. That would have been good. But, um, like, yeah, and I didn't like the ending. The ending was fucking weird. Um, 
like, I don't know. And this is just nitpicky. And I, I and one more thing before that is, um, I'm not complaining about scenes where he lingers on stuff. And like, it's like I was saying in Slayers, I like when he's like for Chris, uh, um, Kelvin's standing there looking at the reeds in the water. Hmm. That was awesome. That's art. That's cool. And there's stuff like that in the mirror too. It, like when, like I don't know, his mom's standing there in the rain. It's rainy. It yeah. just looks cool. No, you're um, you're right. There is scenes I I would have got rid of. Um, I like sometimes he lingers too much in Stalker. Real quick, an interesting side thing about this movie. Um, he shot this movie pretty much twice. Yeah, uh, they shot this movie on, I guess it was experimental film or some nonsense. I'm not sure. And they sent it to Moscow to get it developed, and it was like all green, it was all oh. tinted green, and it was like all screwed up. And he got pissed off and fired a bunch of people, including the cinematographer he'd worked with on the mirror, who he was like, I guess friends with, but in his diary he talked about the guy was a huge dick. So I don't know. And he was uh, doing another film on the side while filming his film. So. Yeah, and the cinematographer's also do, like doing his own thing. Um, then he hired someone else, and they started filming it, and he hated what that guy was doing, so he fired that guy. And then they basically filmed the whole movie again, and that's what we saw, is the third try at making this movie. And they pretty much recorded almost the whole movie, and then like a quarter of it, and then finally everything that we saw. Now, with this is tragic. With modern technology, we could color correct that stupid green film and like see what he was originally trying to do. But it was all destroyed in a fire in the late eighties. Oh man! That's what I was, was going to say. I was wondering what that. Fucking I want to see that cut. I want to see like. it so bad. Um, yeah. There exists people, you know, Russian film critics and professors and stuff who have seen both versions, and some of them say there's not as much of a difference as you think there's going to be. So I think they're trying to like tell the world, don't worry about it, but fuck them. I want to see it. I want to see it so bad. <laughs> I'd still, I'd still want to see it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You can't trust the communists anyway. We got to see both sides. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we call it, um, which by the way, kind of makes me think a little bit because after this movie, a lot of the cast and people who worked on the movie died because of the, uh, contamination and all that stuff that they were. They filmed near like a, the, chemical plants and stuff and uh tarkovsky his wife uh the guy who played the writer i think and a bunch of other crew all died of the exact same kind of lung cancer yeah so it makes you wonder pretty obvious what happened yeah it kind of makes you wonder if all that shooting time that they had to do a lot of times could have harmed him yeah uh or the state assassinated him (laughs) is he did he did eventually move to Italy. I Italy. Think. Italy. He went to Italy a bunch. Like, yeah. And then, and then like, he decided to live there and he was kind of defaming communism. Like the West was holding him up as, look, this is one of their greatest minds and he hates communism. Look at this guy. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, there were documents after the fall of the Soviet Union that where the KGB was discussing assassinating him. But I did look into it because we discussed it on another episode and I wanted to be a little more informed. There's no real proof that they did it, but there is in fact declassified documents that say, Hey, should we like kill this guy? 
the fucking so, di- director of the KGB back then wanted to. Apparently. Yeah, he wanted. He said we should do this, yeah. and, and then cancer did it for them, as far as we can tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, going back to what I was saying, though, I was like, I'm not gonna f- fight over whether or not Stalker should be number one in this. So, okay, you know, it is what it is. You can feel vindicated in that the majority of film goers agree with you. Uh, Solaris remains the more popular of his movies. However, really? with each with each passing year, Stalker is more famous. Because I I heard of Stalker way before. I never heard of Solaris till we decided to do this. Solaris has been famous due to its association with 2001. Yeah, way longer. Like Stalker started, we we started seeing Stalker turn up at like film festivals and on college campuses later than Solaris did. Now, like Solaris got like a theatrical release in the United States. Stalker was like, I'm in film club at Columbia University, and we're watching some shitty terrible 35 millimeter print of this next week you know like do you think if tarkovsky and kubrick were still alive today would they collect- if, they, if they would box i do they would, they would box <laughs> no uh if they would collab you think no no no, no. <laughs> directors don't like collab well uh tarantino and uh rodriguez collabed once so i guess i already proved myself wrong but that's i don't think that's a thing. spielberg or george lucas collab that's true. I don't know. Because uh, no, they, I don't think they would. Because their, their their filmmaking styles are are just not similar. They prefer more artsy fartsy kind of stuff. I like. I don't even know if I consider Stanley Kubrick that kind of a guy necessarily. Like he kind of bridges the gap a little bit. I feel like. Yeah, Kubrick. Um, Kubrick knew how to please the masses, but he also knew how to make art. And he got away with doing both, and that that's why he's that's why he's one of the greats because he can do a, both. He can do both. Tarkovsky seems to really hold up, like uh, Bresson and uh, Igmar Bergman, people like that. Look at this smarty pants. He knows the I, film dudes. I know who these people are. <laughs> I like I like Igmar Bergman. Well, Tarkovsky is a little more, I guess, David Lynchy. If I would know. say David Lynch probably grew up watching his shit. That mm-hmm. was great. Wow, <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> Did you guys see the zone dog? <laughs> I really like the zone dog. I think I'm going to put a zone dog in a racer head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But uh, yeah, I guess the stalker. Uh, the final ranking is going to be three mirror, the mirror, two Solaris, and then one stalker. I almost said the mirror again. Uh, <laughs> but but that's the final ranking. Um, so Andy's not going to be here for two weeks. Uh, so that means me and Zach are going to have surprises for the next two episodes. You guys should watch Ivan's Childhood, you cowards. You should watch Come and See, you bitch. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I thought it was on the Criterion Channel, and it isn't right now. I think they took what? It. they that's they want weird. people they want people to buy it. Oh, you can watch the YouTube thing. Maybe well, it's well, not really on YouTube. That's a secret. We'll find we'll find it. We'll find out what we're watching. Maybe I'll go and see. <laughs> maybe we'll, you know, choose one, I guess, live action movie and maybe a second, either a cartoon or an anime. The second? We'll talk about it. OK, we'll talk about it. So 
Uh, just remember uh, next week to because we, I can't tell you what we're going to watch. So you're just going to have to hopefully when you see the title of our next episode, you watch that movie or show and then watch listen to our episode. Uh, but if you want to catch more Big Trouble, we'll po- actually, is there any news that uh, we want to talk about before we head out? I don't think so. Christian won the Impact World Championship on Rampage. Uh, that, on Rampage. Yes. I almost said like re- Renegade or Retaliation or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't know. There's no other news. The, Sorry. The, the, to to kind of continue the, the, the box studio thing, the blue box, they did like an interview, some website, video game website, and the guy's like giving vague answers. And I'm just like, dude, just fucking say no. You're gonna it- do, we're we're going to do a blue box update segment every week. <laughs> like you have to do I, it. I'm, I'm going to commission <laughs> theme music for it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I have no other news to talk about. Uh, I, the only thing I'll say is look up Realms Deep uh, 2021 on YouTube and watch it. It's fun to watch and to see all the, the games to play, uh, especially with 3D Realms and all the Doom mods and all that stuff. Uh, but other than that, if you want to catch more Big Trouble Little Podcasts, make sure you type in Big Trouble Little Podcasts in Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. If you have Alexa, just say Alexa, play Big Trouble with Podcasts. Uh, I don't know if Siri works. Uh, she might do it. She might not. She might say, let me look it up and then give you like a bunch of lists of Big Trouble with Podcasts. They might get, they might give you Big Trouble with Little China um, because it's similar to that. But uh, I've noticed that if you try to look us up on certain platforms, you'll get episodes of podcasts where they talk about movies where they're discussing Big Trouble in Little China. Except no substitutes. We're there. Keep looking. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I think we'll end the episode here. Um, we'll, Me and Zach will see you next week. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>